Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am Chuck Peters and I'm glad to have you listening today. We are reaching back today into our archives to bring you this very special episode of a past episode of the podcast. This is a topic that we felt was really uh, timely right now that we wanted to point you back to. So we are reaching into our archives today for this episode from the best of Lifeway Kids, Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are so glad that you're with us today as we discuss some uh, very important concepts about making the gospel accessible to children and students with special needs. Our very special guest today is Amy Fenton Lee. Hi, Amy. Hello, so good to be here. We are thrilled to have you. We are here at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in Nashville at the Music City Center. And so as people are listening, there may be sounds of people walking by and talking other background noise. So as we are here talking live at the event that may explain some of the background sounds that we hear, but we're gonna discuss of this issue of inclusion. And so before we get there, let me set this up just a little bit. So Amy uh, Fenton Lee has written extensively on the subject of special needs inclusion in the church. She blogs at theinclusivechurch.com. Amy grew up as a PK, a pastor's Mm -hmm. kid, and has since served as a volunteer leader in virtually every type of children's and preschool ministry environment, virtually. Virtually. Yes, that's an awful lot. She's also the author of a new book called, well, I guess it's not brand new, but the author of a book (laughs) that you should look into titled Leading a Special Needs Ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, Amy, thank you for being here. Thanks. Excited to be here. So us about this idea of inclusion. So what does the term inclusion mean related to children and special needs? Okay, inclusion, that's a good question, and that's a a question a lot of churches are asking um, because the school defines it one way, and so does that inclusion in a school system means that you are included in the learning environment um, to the greatest extent possible among your typically developing peers, and the goal is to, that the goal is that the school provides appropriate education or what's appropriate to accommodate a student with some differences, learning differences, um, and to be among their, their their typical developing peers. So what does that look like in a church setting? Because, yeah. well, so like we're, we're volunteers primarily, right? And we aren't a tax-funded entity. And we also have um, a, a little bit different mission. We have a mission of Jesus, and that changes things a lot. So let's start by acknowledging, okay. right? There, there are a whole variety of kids that come to our churches that show up on Sunday or or Wednesday night or whenever that is, right. with all kinds of different learning abilities and styles, right. all coming from different places. Right. And so as we talk about inclusion of those with special needs, right. how, how are churches going about that? Is it something that we're doing well? Is it something that there's... Sometimes, yes. Yeah. Sometimes, yes. I mean, is there room to do better? Are there some churches that are just now catching on and, and some and may realizing... not even be aware. Totally. Yeah. 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 You know, the, 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 the autism rate has jumped so much that there are very few churches who are not at least somewhat aware, um, not because they read something, but because they have a child in their ministry who um, has some behaviors that they weren't used to, let's say 20 years mm. ago or 10, even 10 years ago. So they have um, most churches at this point have a student um, with some sort of special needs and sometimes they're not identified, meaning um, 
you know, maybe a mom didn't say, hey, I want you to tell you about my son or my daughter. There's, you know, this is what's going on here, and this is some, some, some ways you might help him. But, you know, we all know, we've all served in children's ministry, and we've all said, okay, I've got a fun kiddo here who is, is, uh, seems to be a little different, or they're learning differently. Some challenges in how or they maybe learn. there's yeah. a maybe it's coming out through a little bit of behavior because mm-hmm. some kids are better communicators than others, and, and very often with special needs, is, is it's sometimes the biggest challenge is in communicating. And rather than saying, hey, I just want to let you know I didn't get enough sleep last night, I'm really hungry, or I don't, I don't like what we're doing here. It and doesn't, they probably it, can't it, tell it you that. It kind of doesn't come things, out that right? way. You yeah. know, it kind of comes out in a way of like, oh my goodness gracious, Acting you cannot out. throw the chair at mm-hmm. your neighbor. Yeah. To t- you know, not always, but sometimes it comes out in a way that we, we label as bad behavior. And really, it's, it's their form of communication. Mm. And so a lot of people are aware and are saying, hey, I think these might be special needs issues and they're right. And so, okay, so wait, what does inclusion look like? What does that look like here? So that's one thing that we really like to talk about a lot. And really, it makes it so much more simple for a church when they know they have the Jesus factor. And if they make their ministry mm-hmm. all about pointing a child to a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. or a student or whoever to Jesus, it helps clarify, so what does inclusion look like for them? Mm-hmm. And it looks like making the gospel accessible. It looks like speaking in their native language, meaning some kids learn by talking you know, and listening. But a lot of kids with special needs, they need to learn in different ways, in sensory ways, what mm-hmm. they touch, what they feel. What they see is really crucial mm. to having them learn new information. And so when you're teaching a Bible story, um, a typically developing kid might be able to be a good listener, okay? And maybe maybe this Sunday we didn't... Maybe for we, a little while, right? Well, for a little while. <laughs> Attention but, spans are short for all kids. <laughs> well, see, this is very true. And what you find is that the churches that are doing the best job at special needs inclusion are also reaching a lot of kids. The, yes. It's impacting all the kids because mm. some of the kids who are able to kind of keep it together and have good behavior, but they were getting bored with yes. some of the stuff. But with them, when you're starting to do multi-sensory um, teaching methods, well, that's benefiting everybody, not just the kid who, who's got autism and learns maybe with those multi-sensory approaches. So anyway, I think I got off track because no, I have ADD, great. but anyway, so where were we? <laughs> we were talking about inclusion right. and how that may mean something different right? yes. in the church or how yes. we define yes. it compared to how it's defined by the school. school. So the most important thing, though, in the church is that we want to create a sense of belonging. Yes. A sense of belonging is so important because if we don't have a relationship and we don't feel accepted or loved or that people don't like us or they want to be around us, it's really hard to be comfortable enough to process new information. And I can tell you all day long all kinds of facts about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But if it's in a setting where I don't feel comfortable and I don't feel loved, Whatever facts are, I'm not going to be very. I'm not going to be very responsive to the mm-hmm. idea of accepting Jesus in my heart. But if I feel loved mm-hmm. and I feel accepted and I feel like people are okay with my little funny nuances, whatever they may be, and I'm comfortable, well then I've got the bandwidth to learn new information. And when somebody mm-hmm. says to me, um, you know, when Jesus loves you. And this is what matters. Well, if I feel loved, I know what love means. I know what love tastes like. I know what it looks like. And it means something that's special to me here. Jesus loves me. Mm. And I want to be in an environment where I'm learning about love and feeling loved. Mm. So the most important thing for inclusion is that a church creates an environment that creates a sense of belonging for the child with special needs and for the entire family with special mm. needs. And sometimes that's hard, mm. you know, or, or we avoid it. It's, I don't know that it's always hard, but we think it's hard. Hard, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but it's the sense, it's, it's the, it's making sure that that child has a place where they feel accepted. Is that their tribe? Are they welcome there? And that's a sense of belonging. 
So when you, we talk about that word inclusion, the yeah. first place that I go in trying to define it without having all the knowledge that you have of the term and that recognition, I think the opposite of that would be exclusion. That's right. Right. And so none of us would want a child to feel excluded or a family to feel well, excluded right, from right, what's right. happening. And so is there, is there something to that, that sense of the definition that really what we want is we, we don't, we're not looking to separate That's right. the That's child right. with special needs. That's we're right. looking to bring them in. Well, so for one thing, if, if what is, one thing that's really important to do is help all the volunteers in a children's ministry become kind of aware that sometimes when you have a kid that has bad behavior, and, and you know, I, I, I've been in the church a long time, and my tendency is to, my tendency is to say, oh my goodness, that child needs to learn how to behave better. There's a sin issue going on there. Take a step back, all volunteers, and go, hey, what, what's going on? What's going on with that child? Maybe that child's had a bad day or whatever, and to reach out to them in love and try to figure out what's driving it. When you approach a child with that, you're going to do a better job of, of connecting and developing a relationship. So that's the first way you help that child feel included instead of going, well, you need to sit in time out because you didn't respond appropriately. Instead, first trying to figure out what's going on and approaching the child without judgment, thinking maybe there's more going on there. Maybe he's not a good communicator. Mm. Um, that's the first way to include a child or a family. The second way is, is to look for opportunities to feature a family with a special needs story and to, and to whether that's in the worship center um, or it's maybe it's in vacation Bible school and you have a kid carry the flag who's got a visible disability and everybody knows that or there's some lines in a skit that a kid with special needs can have when you ever you put a child with special needs in a visible place you are saying you are of worth you are of value you are welcome here and it sends the message everybody else is welcome here too mm. because really you know we all have special needs some are just a little more visible than others that's right and so it says hey if your special needs are a little more visible you're you're the same as everybody else we want you here and you're welcome and so that's a great way to create an inclusive environment on the whole and then on the smaller level it's to work with some of the volunteers to say hey let's let's figure out what's going on and let's increase our patience level let's get to the bottom of what's going on and so instead of saying we got a problem here and we move to move this kid get out of this environment or he needs to go to a different room and sometimes we we do need kids to go to an environment where they learn the best and feel most relaxed but that's different we got to make sure it's for the purpose of including Mm. them in the church not for anything that has anything to do with excluding Mm. you mentioned uh telling a story or sharing a testimony. Yes, uh, yes. And I would imagine that there be, could be quite a bit of value, you know, because if there is a, a special need situation where right. that's obvious, some people might feel the best thing to do is to not talk about it. Yeah, it's, that's unfortunate. Right? Yes. And so we ignore it or we yeah. pretend it's not there or we don't see it. And, right. Uh, where you... Is it, there's there truth to the idea that maybe the best thing to do is, is to, to talk share about, about it, it and, well, and to you talk know, about God, it openly? God, we, when we all share our own personal faith story, there's an element of suffering in mm. everybody's story, okay? Yeah. And there's a trial that we went through. Mm. Okay, so when a family with special needs, it's obvious that something hasn't been easy. I mean, you know, nobody checks the box. Oh, I want a situation with special needs where there's more, where there's something a little more difficult. But when that family shares a piece of their story, then that's when you get to see the pieces of redemption 
redemption in their story and where God's working. And mm. there's usually a family, another family in that church that might even feel shame over the fact they have special needs. And they feel like it's something they did wrong as a parent, or it was God showing them what they had done wrong in their life. And you and I both know mm. that's not true. Mm. Does God work in those situations and grow us? Absolutely. But a special needs situation isn't the result of sin. And so when you bring out a family who's in, who's, who's, navigating the life of special needs and you celebrate that life and you look for God's hand in that life. You tell somebody else there's a place for you and you give them peace and you give them a taste of what God's love looks like. And it's not of judgment and shame related to their child or their situation where they feel special needs. The other thing that you do is that you give people an opportunity whenever you feature a story is you get people the opportunity to connect with that. And that's how you recruit volunteers is because a volunteer says, I want to be part of that. I want to make a difference in that family. I want to be a part of their story because there's ways I relate to that story. It might not look the same, but it's similar. And you give them a piece of meaning in their life when they get invited into that story in Mm. some way. Now, you had mentioned earlier some environmental concerns. There are some tools, some resources, some ideas uh, of how leaders might be able to uh, alter or yeah. adjust or equip their classrooms, yes, their learning yes, spaces yes. for more success. Tell us a little bit about what can we do uh, in our kids' ministry areas to help. Okay, well, first of all, find a special education teacher or even just a school teacher. You, most children's ministries have at least one person in their ministry, but a lot of times we have school teachers who maybe don't want to work on Sundays, Mm -hmm. but they want to use their gifts, and if you would invite them in to do a little bit of consulting, and it might be just, hey, come in and would you just observe how some things are going in our classes and give us some ideas for how we can help a kid feel welcome, or maybe we've got a kid who's a fidgeter and they don't pay good attention. It's so frustrating when they don't pay attention. But we actually, they say, hey, maybe you offer that kid a slinky during the, uh, or, uh, or sensory toy during the Bible story, and they actually pay attention more. But some of those teachers, they know tricks and tools um, for ways to help a kid succeed in the children's ministry environment and that helps the kid but you know what it also does it also helps the person with those gifts the special education teacher or the teacher in just the first grade teacher at school I mean every first grade class in every school in America has a kid who's a fidgeter who doesn't pay great attention or whatever and those teachers have learned all kinds of tools and they can bring that and bring purpose to their own life and their own background by getting a chance to share some of their best practices um, with you know, what to do in the children's ministry setting in vacation Bible school, you know, on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night or at summer camp or whatever. I mean, all of those environments, we can all, we all have a child that we're like, uh, we could use a little help with because sometimes it's a little harder to love. You know, let's just be real. They so can I, help with that. I've been in ministry environments where, um, for, for an instance, you may have a child who has an extreme special need right, right. where there's one teacher that's, that's dedicated to be the buddy for that person. Yes. Is that a wise approach? Do you Absolutely, recommend that approach? Absolutely, if it can be. Yeah. It just, it's all dependent. There is no one perfect solution. Just like, you know, God speaks to every one of us differently. I mean, he speaks to me through nature, and you may love music. I mean, God reaches all of us in different ways, okay? Mm. And we have people who do something different on Sunday. We have people who don't want to go to Sunday school on Sunday morning. You know, that's not how they lay learning 
service. And so they want to be doing something else in the church setting. So we've got kids and how they learn about and experience Jesus is very individual. And so sometimes there's a kid who works through a one-on-one relationship with a buddy who helps. Um, and maybe it's in the regular fourth grade class, okay? But there's somebody to kind of explain some things or somebody who can help him or her glue or, or peel the stickers. Or, you know, maybe there's some additional um, visual aids that that buddy might be able to have and point to during the story mm. time. So they might still be in the regular environment, or maybe it's a week there's a whole lot of noise and chaos. Mm. And so sometimes the buddy needs to take a walk outside in the hall, and everybody just needs to catch their breath. Mm. And that is showing the love of Christ mm. just by taking that walk in the hall with the student who just needs a break from the busy chaos of the regular children's ministry environment. Mm. Talk a bit about the making the gospel connection. How do we make the Jesus connection to the child who is has a special need? Has a special need. Well, first of all, we want to find out how he or, he or she learns. And sometimes a parent can tell us that, but sometimes it's through trial and error. And mm. when you see a kid that responds to you in some way, was it because you told a story? Was it because you showed pictures and then you said to the child... Put the pictures in order that the story happened, okay? Because sometimes our kids can't speak to us, but they can communicate and they can learn. And maybe you show, um, when you're telling a Bible story, you show four pictures, sequential pictures, and then you tell the student to put them in the right order. And when you see a student who you think has very significant cognitive disabilities and they put them in the right order, you realize, holy cow, we've got it. So you find out, is it through music? Do they need to learn a song that that talks about worship and Jesus? Is it through through their nature? You find out how they learn, and then you talk about Jesus in the context of how they learn. Mm. So that's how you make, and that's, you know what, that's true for us as adults. It is. You know? So speak, if you would, a word of encouragement or advice to that ministry leader yeah. uh, who, who is in a situation where they, they realize they need to take the next step. Right. Where to begin? What word of encouragement might you share? Okay, well, first of all, don't get scared and don't think you need a special degree. Really, special needs ministry just starts with a conversation with the family um, about, hey, tell me about your child. What do they enjoy? Where do you see their eyes come alive? Mm. What do they love? Because we know Jesus created all those things in, inside that child. So we want to make those, we want to make that child come alive here at church. What's that going to look like for him or her? And sometimes that may mean, hey, that child maybe doesn't need to be in small group or in large group, in the large group setting because it's loud and crazy crazy. But instead of going, this doesn't work out and I'm sorry, we're not the church for you. No. Special needs ministry is going to that family and saying, so what does it look like to help John or Jacob or Susie or Jennifer succeed and feel a part of and feel a sense of belonging inside our greater church? Special needs ministry begins as a single conversation in any church that includes one child with special needs and allows one family to feel a part of the greater community of God. They have a full-fledged special needs ministry. Fantastic. Thank you, Amy, so much for your time, for being here with us, and for your great words of wisdom. We are better for having talked with you, so thank you. Thanks for having me. Listener, thank you for listening. Uh, And as you uh, look to further your education to learn more about what you can do in this area of serving families and kids uh, with special needs, I would refer you to Amy Fenton Lee's book, Leading a Special Needs Ministry, which is available 
now at now, the Rodman and Holman Publishers. Anywhere your Lifeway favorite books stores. are sold, Lifeway Christian Bookstore <laughs> yeah. is a great place to get it. So uh, look for that book, Leading a Special Needs Ministry by Amy Fenton Lee. As always, it's our goal that we would have you leave our time together more informed, instructed, and inspired to serve the Lord by serving the families and kids in your ministries as effectively as you can. 